just wanted to share something, and I'll try to be brief, and I'm going to try to make it simple. And I was just thinking something this week, and, and I really am. I'm, I'm just going to say something that um, uh, I was watching this friend of mine who, who we were in this mountain in New York, and, and uh, he made this video there, and he was, he was from Texas, but he was describing just how incredibly peaceful the place was. And, you know, and you look from this unusual mountain because when you see it from the valley floor, it looks like a nose sticking up. It goes straight up and, and you can climb to the peak of it and see this sweep of this river valley. And um, he said, this must be one of the most beautiful places in America in this peaceful valley and it's settled for hundreds of years. And, and um, the place is called Vroman's Nose and, and the land below it is called Vroman's Land after an early settler, and um, I was thinking about that, and I, uh, um, then I read a book right after that, and it was about that valley during a war, and it described the people who came to that valley, and, and the people were these Germans who came out of the Rhineland, bordering France, and where the Rhine River flows through, and, and uh, but it described their struggle, and how, uh, they came in the winter of 1709 and 13,000 of them. And they had spent 30 years starving. And they were just like impoverished by war and persecution. And they were Protestants and the French would come and just kill them and slaughter them. And finally in 1709, the Queen of England said, if you'll walk, if you'll walk down the Rhine to Netherlands and to the coast, We'll pick you up on British ships. Because they were allied with the, the Germans were allied with the British at the time. And, and he said, we will pick you up. And 13,000 of them in families walked in the winter to the coast and got there. And um, they said it was, the cold, it was that mini ice age, you know, it was so cold that a bird would fly through the air and fall to the ground frozen. And um, they walked there, and they, they took them on these boats over to England, and, and they were just kind of the scourge of, you know, the you know, off-castings of, of peoples, and they called them the Palatines. And uh, there were these sayings, you know, dirty as a Palatine, or, you know, as stupid as a Palatine. And, but the plan was to ship them to New York and to North Carolina and have them uh, make sap, or make tar for the Royal Navy. And, Anyway, to, make, to go on with the story, they, they sat for five months on ships. And the disease was terrible. And then they were finally shipped out, and it took six months to cross the Atlantic. And they got there, and um, if you didn't pay your fare, you had to indenture yourself seven years eight years, 10 years, to pay the fare. So people would come on the boats and they'd pick you out and say, I will pay at the end, you work for me for seven years and I'll pay your passage. Other ones that had the money, they could go off and settle up the valley and start this process of making tar and for the British Navy. Children, children who had lost their parents on the way over and a third of the people died of the 13,000 people from disease and were thrown overboard. They said they threw a thousand overboard on the way. And uh, they said, if your parents lived halfway across the ocean, uh, 
you were going to have to pay their fare too and indenture yourself till it was paid off. And they just kept coming on. And, and you know, there's many stories like this. So I know that. And, and uh, so they went on, and finally they, they, they got through their indentures, and they settled in this valley in New York. And, and it was on the absolute frontier in this valley, in Roman's land. And, and then that, there was a story about in 1780, this raiding party out of Canada during the war swept down, and, and right beneath this overlook where my friend was looking in this incredibly peaceful valley, they killed people, men and women and children, and burned 20 homes. And, and they said that they buried them in a mass grave because they were unrecognizable, and they just wrote on a stone, Romans, because they were scalped and cut up to pieces and everything. And, and you know, you're looking over this valley, and it's, you don't know the story of what happened in this incredibly peaceful land that you see. And, and I was sitting on my front porch reading this, and, you know, I'm sitting there. Our kids had given us these lounge chairs, which I don't sit in very often. I was sitting out reading this story, and I looked up, and there's a banana tree growing over my head. And I looked at my front yard, and I said, my goodness, you know, like that valley, we really have subdued this place, you know. I, I looked out and I saw the guest house and the gardens and the walls and the things growing and the, the flowers in our house. And I, I remembered 25 years ago when we came and we, you know, plotted it out. We took saws and we cut a road in, you know, and cut down cedar trees and burned them. And we brought in a used mobile home and set it up. And, and I thought, my goodness, this place is so... I guess you'd call it bucolic, is that the word? You know, kind of settled and peaceful and everything. And, and what we did and who we were, it seemed like so much of the distant past and well, past and what we tried to do, like those pioneers. And, and uh, then I thought about what we did and how few of us there are left from back 40 years ago. Maybe there's 10 men left with Howard, few of us. There may be 10 of us left. And how when we went, we didn't know where we were going. And how, I guess that's faith, because faith is the certainty of things not yet seen. And I remember the day I was baptized and how, I think I got the Holy Ghost on a Thursday night and I was baptized on a Saturday. And how, I told Brother Joel now, he said, do you want to be baptized? And I said, I did. And I didn't know anything of where I was going. And I said, well, as long as no one's there, I want to be baptized. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got there Saturday morning. We went down in the Iannacone's uh, basement to the baptismal, and there were like 40 people crammed in the room, you know, and all there. And, and uh, it didn't do much for my sophisticated image of myself. But um, I thought about you all being baptized. And I thought about pioneers and how, you know, I often had a question studying history that, that I always read these accounts of pioneers that would come and they'd settle places and they'd build homes and they'd get them just to the point where we've gotten to and, and you have this beautiful home and it's everything you worked for and all of a sudden you read is they, they sold out of where they were in the East, and they moved on. 
Just when they had gotten settled, they sold out. I mean, it's like 20 years later, they'd sell out all the time. You'd read these accounts all the time. They'd, you know, some historians say, well, they wore the soil out and they moved west and, you know, wear out more soil or something. But no, I wonder, why did, what got them at an older age or even as young people, why did they pick up and go from a place that they had tamed and was calm and, and you know, and I thought about being a pioneer and how, you know, there's something in you that hungers for a challenge, you know, for the unknown. Like for living on the edge, you know? You wanna like, because there's something like in those songs that we just sang, you feel like you felt something when you were vulnerable and you wanna somehow go back there despite the comfort that you're living in. You want to keep going. You want to like, I don't know, I'm stupid to sell this place out, but I want to go, I just want to feel what I felt 20 years ago. I want to do it again. And, and you know, when we, we're baptized, it's like we're committing to be those pioneers. We're saying, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to live on that edge. And when something, you know, settles me down, I'm, I'm going to break camp and I'm going to go on to the West. Brother Blair would call them the Westerly men, I think. The people, the Westerly people who would just always look over the horizon. And, you know, if you've ever done it, and so many of us have, that you get that feeling like you don't want to settle down into something comfortable, but you want to live in a, in a vulnerable place again and, and where God can speak to you. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, when I... I think about you all, that's what I think of pioneers, and, and I think about, you know, when I walk up the end of my driveway, I, I get to the end of it, and it breaks out into the big fields there, and uh, what do I see? I see these RVs parked across the way, and I, and I don't see RVs, it's like I see covered wagons. Amen. <laughs> you know, the covered wagons would come from the east with those people in it, and they'd go to St. Louis. And because they'd come from individuals all different places, but when they got to St. Louis, they would stop and they'd form a wagon train because from then on, it was dangerous. And that's what I see over there. It's like you're in St. Louis. <laughs> and you're getting ready to pull out and go somewhere. It's how exciting. What you're doing is no different than what we did. You're Brother Gary Stewart over there, and you know, no different, Brother Carl, than what we did years ago. You're doing the same thing because you're going to a place you do not know, like what it said about Abraham. And, and you're, 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 you're feeling that, I'm sure, too. And, and it's this big unknown, this big mystery. But, and it's scary, and it's overwhelming. And where could we possibly be going? And it's incredibly vulnerable. And it's a wonderful place to live in. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what I think about baptism. You're standing on the edge of this. And you know, you go down into that town below Roman's Nose, and you, there's a convenience store right there, and you walk in, and there's people in there getting their coffee, you know, and getting a donut in the morning, and kids going to the high school there and looking the way all the different colors that kids look today. And, and uh, you say, they don't know what took place behind the store here, you know. They don't know what happened. And I'm sure when people come here, they, they look at how settled things are and they, they don't know what happened. They don't know what we felt and what we did, and that's okay, you know. 
And when you do that, and when you say, I'm going to be a pioneer, you're saying, you know, you're accepting what they said, you know, that through many trials we must enter the kingdom of heaven. And we're accepting that through all those who live godly will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. And we commit ourselves to that. And I, I remembered this poem that Brother Blair read us years ago, and it's titled Pioneers. And um, it's about someone saying, you know, they were a pioneer, and it said, we shall not travel by the road we make, because we're making a road, you know. Ere day by day the sound of many feet is heard upon the stones that now we break. We shall but come to where the crossroads meet. For us, the pioneers, the heat by day, the cold by night, the inch slow progress and the heavy load, and death at last to close the long grim fight with man and beast and stone. But for them who come after us, the road, for them the shade of trees that now we plant, the safe, smooth journey and the ultimate goal, birthright in the land of covenant. For us, day labor and travail of soul. And yet the road is ours and never theirs. Is not one thing on us alone bestowed? For us the master joy, O pioneers. We shall not travel, but we make the road. Amen. We're going to make the road. Amen. We're making the road, anyone who wants to. Not settle down. We're making the road, and what a privilege it is to make the road. You're going to come to where the crossroads meet continually. We do. And it's that crossroads where you've got to make a decision, where am I going to go on this road? We shall but come to where the crossroads meet over and over and over again. And that's all I wanted to say was what a privilege to be part and to feel what we feel. Oh, pioneers to be with you pioneers. And it's being repeated what we felt years ago. It's, I can see it being repeated over you and over you people from Chalice, you people coming from all different places. You're doing the same thing over and over. No different or less than what we did. You're doing the same thing again. Thank you, Jesus, and we're feeling what we felt. And I believe we, could, we can turn the world upside down. Amen.